You are listening to the Therefore I Geek podcast, episode 103. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Therefore I Geek. I'm Andrew. And I'm back, because I'm John Wick, and I'm, and I'm back. And I'm angry. And I'm angry. <laughs> back. Yeah, so today we are going to be talking about John Wick and John Wick Chapter 2. Uh, As per fan request. Indeed. Yes, because we honor our fans when they when they interact with us. Please interact with us more. We're lonely. <laughs> We're super lonely. I'm so sad. We're so very lonely. <laughs> like uh, John Wick. But before we get into that, we've got a little bit of news. Really, several articles pertaining to the status of the solo Ben Affleck Batman film, The Batman. I don't even know if we want to call it a film anymore. It just we'll just call this the status of the train wreck and the disaster. You know, that the is, unfolding disaster that is it's, forthcoming. Yeah, basically, this is yeah, this, this is ugly looking. So within the last, certainly within the last month, within February and mostly within the last two weeks, uh, the Batman has just been taking nut shot after nut shot here. In that Ben Affleck has bounced out as director. Mm-hmm. Now, admittedly, he had a lot on his plate for this one. He was executive producer, writer, director, and star. Right. That's a lot. That's crazy. Yeah. But Ben Affleck is now out as the as the director. There are rumors that he wants out as Batman. And we still do not have a director. Right. There was a potential director who has, has bounced out. And there are now discussions of whether or not Warner Brothers is going to rewrite the script entirely for a new director. Oh, my God. That's good. That's just bad. Yeah. None of this is good in no. any way, shape, or form. No. And here's the interesting, like, starting with the, the rewrite on the script, I, I recently went back to um, Max Landis's YouTube page just, you know, for shits and giggles. Right. And he had a he had a really good video up, because in between him just, like, screwing around, he'll put something up that I, I do actually really, really find informative. And he talked about the screenwriting and rewriting process, or the script writing and rewriting process, yeah. and how studios will, like, rewrite something and then rewrite it again, and when they realize that what they've rewritten has given them crap. They don't have the guts to go back and and go to what they had earlier because someone has to admit they're wrong and they've wasted all this time and money rewriting a script that's yeah. crap. And it's that they don't have the guts to go back. They just, so that's why I'm really worried about this, that they're going to start rewriting this. And it's like they, they know they're just plotting through a mess that they're not going to get a good product out. Well, and here's the thing. I mean, like DC, the, the last few DC films have been just plagued by this. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, th- this is one of the fundamental reasons they have had comparatively such problems. I mean, and look at Suicide Squad. You look at the Batman problems. Batman versus Superman. Superman. Even though I enjoyed it, it still had problems. Sure. And, and but like DC's other stuff, you know, like the Green Lantern and all these other movies, just they don't have a good track record with this. They no. do not. So it's, it's, there's a lot of reasons to be worried. And we did a podcast on the death of Superman lives. And there's a great explanation for why these problems happen is you put movies in developmental health hell because you know you you can't get a director to sign on and if you get a big name director you just fight with them and if you get a no-name director the producer takes control of everything and you still wind up with a mess yeah absolutely well here's the thing i mean i really really like the bat the the nolan batmans but Mm -hmm. i think this is a good chance for them to kick batman off again within their you know the dc extended universe their 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 version of the the cinematic universe right the kind of the shared universe and i mean it's not this is not going well this is bad because like of all the characters you need to work it's batman because everyone knows batman everyone knows batman but ba- batman is as far as dc is concerned within the last 20 years batman's really been the only one that's had big box office impact yes both and, and critical impact 
Yes. You can't keep relying on the success of the Christopher Reeves 1979 movie. Like, sorry, that doesn't work anymore. Right. And, you know, Man of Steel had a lot of potential, and they didn't quite live up to it with Batman versus Superman. No, they didn't. And I, again, I'm not going to, I did kind of like Man of Steel, but it did just didn't deliver the way I think a lot of people wanted it to. No, no, I mean, and, I, I think I agree. And I think the follow-up, Batman versus Superman, also had a lot of potential, had a lot of anticipation, and I, again, I think it just didn't live up to expectations. Yeah. And then compared to what Marvel's been doing, they just look like it's a bunch of monkeys trying to have sex with a basketball. You, you know, you know what the terrifying thing right here is right now? What's this? That my my immediate thought right now is the only thing that's gonna fucking save us is goddamn Aquaman. Aquaman. Oh God. Well, we were when we were in the theater uh, last night and we passed the Wonder Woman poster. I'll still see Wonder Woman just because I think Gal Gadot is just gorgeous. No, I will absolutely see it. Like uh, they, just, they will get my money at least once. Yeah, I think she's so beautiful. Like that was the best thing they did is pick her for Wonder Woman. Here's the here's the thing. They've had really good casting. Yeah. No, you're you're not wrong. And they just can't quite execute properly. No. They have all and the elements they need and it just somehow it misses the mark. And I'd be curious if like there's a listener who knows this better than we do, if it's just the structure of DC and Warner Brothers versus the structure at Disney because I was having corporate a conversation over, corporate overlord. Yeah, because I was having this <laughs> discussion with a friend of mine about how like Disney there's an article on the Hollywood Reporter about this and I haven't like read it yet it was just being you know regurgitated back at me and it's like it's kind of like you know the way government works it's the levels of approval like you do something you got to get your boss to sign off on it he signs off on it it goes up to like the branch head he signs off on it then the division head signs off on it and then like that's how Disney's been doing their thing is like the people in like for Pixar for even John Lasseter like he signs off on something and then he's got to bring it to like the overlord of Disney right and there's so there's all these like checks that are in involved and on the one hand it produces kind of a studio-esque you know system of of producers but also it's a bunch of people you know there's someone along the line is going to say oh no 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 this is stupid go back and do it again yeah so i i don't know if that's the way warner brothers is doing it or even if that's the key to disney's success i'd be curious if other people knew that yeah no that's an interesting point so we, we're definitely gonna have to follow this is another one we're gonna have to follow for a while and, and see what comes yeah, out because of it we do that here at this podcast we will follow a story to its completion we will not let you be like oh i wonder what happened to batman like we'll 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 be on this one yeah having said that let's let's get into it john wick this was funny because i suggested this to you and you had the same reply that a good number of my friends had when i suggested to go see john wick 2 was i didn't see john wick 1 and my reply (laughs) is um i didn't see john wick 1 either but here's what i can tell you he survives john wick 1 so that's all you really need to know and i don't know what order you saw them in because i saw john wick last night john wick 2 last night chapter 2 last night and i saw john wick this morning and you didn't have to to see the first one to to, see, to enjoy the second one. I don't think. No, I, so I, I happened to watch them in order. Okay, because uh, I knew I wasn't going to get out last night, and I was, I, but I could sit up in my office and watch a uh, watch a movie. Sure. So yeah, I mean, look, I enjoyed them both. Right. They are basically action movies with only the most minimal amount of required plot. Absolutely, and that's what I think I love about both of these films the most is they do not pretend to be something they're not. Yeah. Like it, this is an action movie where Keanu Reeves is going to kick the shit out of close to a hundred people out of everyone yeah 
and you are going to enjoy it. And we're going to just do it well. And that's exactly what we got. So I have to appreciate it. I personally thought both of these were great. I thought they were just so much fun to watch on, on almost every level. Yeah, I would agree with you. I would say like 99%. I was a little like meh on the ending of John Wick 2. Oh, yeah. I, but let, let, let's, let's, wait, hold, let's just start from the beginning. John Wick 1 is basically a story about a, 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 a retired assassin whose wife, who presumably has been the reason he's retired, has died from some sort of medical complication. He gets a puppy that you can only assume she's ordered for him after to arrive after she's died as like a companion for him. And bad luck ensues because... Theon Greyjoy. Theon Greyjoy <laughs> steals John Wick's favorite muscle car and kills the dog in the process because they had some altercation at a gas station, I, I presume in upstate New York. And this just leads John Wick to rip New York to pieces to get revenge. And that's basically it. That's all you need to know. Yeah. And it's great. It's just fun. Yeah, no, I mean, th th not only is that like basically a, a short summary of the plot, that's also like the long summary of the plot. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly right. That was that was not the spark notes. That was the whole damn thing. Yep. And what I love about the first one in particular was you had no, if you not did not know anything about John Wick or anything, if you had not watched the trailers or not known there was a second movie or not seen the trailer second movie, you had no idea Keanu Reeves' character was some sort of boss-ass hitman until you're told 20 minutes into the film. Yeah. Which I really appreciate because there is no hint you are watching an action movie up until a certain point. No, I mean, he's very sad and weepy for the beginning mm -hmm. part of the movie. No, I mean, I yeah, absolutely. No, I definitely spent the first like 15 minutes in my, like, in my office going, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> Did I put it in the right movie? That's John Wick and it's Keanu Reeves. I don't think right. I, I don't think I fucked this up. No, you're, you're absolutely right. I just thought that was a brilliant touch to the movie. It was just all of a sudden he just explains to you that this guy is gonna kill everybody, and you're like, oh okay, yeah. And then he these dudes, dudes attack his house. He killed three dudes with a pencil in a bar. <laughs> yeah, I love how that repeats itself in the second movie, like that. And then the guys attack his house and he just annihilates them, and you're like, oh, oh, they're not kidding. Right. And I just, I, I loved it. It reminded me, and I, a bunch of people had mentioned this when we were talking about the movie, was this is what a video game movie should be. Like, we've talked about how video game movies F up all the time. Yeah. And, and most notably, Max Payne from about 10 years ago, where you went 45 minutes to an hour without a single gunshot. And you're like, what? Do you not realize what Max Payne was supposed to be? This was essentially the Max Payne video uh, movie, you know, or the, the video game movie. Like, it just, it felt like someone was like, you know what? I can, I can, I can write this. I can. And they this. did. Yeah, and they absolutely did. No, it, it, was, it is a fantastic movie. I mean, like I said, it's just it's very honest to what it is. It doesn't try to be more than it than it is, and it executes what it does exceptionally well. Yeah, I have to say the action sequences are very well done. And uh, I was with the, my roommate seeing the second one, and he goes, something tells me the director or the screenwriter or whoever put this together has a background in stunts. And I looked it up, and the director was Keanu Reeves' stunt double on the matrix there you go and i was like yeah absolutely boom there it is I, w I would say in the second film there was a little bit more of the shaky cam there was in the first I, in the first film and i and i it, it, that bothered me a little bit but i'll be honest even the cinematography in this is well done yes i mean and you're right they're, they're, they're a little, the, the narrow like that that zoomed in and a little shaky you're right yeah but i mean the, the film itself i mean it looks really good it's shot very nicely the action sequences are very well choreographed i mean it's just this is how you do an action movie correctly yeah very smooth this this is right up there now it's a 
John Wick is a little more wacky than, say, some of the other more serious action movies. And I'm thinking like like a Sicario or a Hell or High Water or even a Collateral from about, about 10 years ago. Yep. This is much more of a – it's still over the top. It's still a little goofy. Um, it's not quite – like hardcore Henry Goofy, but like there are times you're like he should be dead. <laughs> you, yeah. Like you don't get hit by a taxi cab like you did in the second movie, and then immediately throw a kick. You know yeah, what yeah, I no, mean? I saw, I saw that. I was like, oh, oh, that's gonna that's gonna leave a mark. Oh, <laughs> speaking of leaving a mark, when he, in the second one when he had the the bulletproof you know suit, that was a nice touch. Well, it was a nice touch, but then at the end they're like, it's gonna like the tailor's like it'll stop the bullets, but it's gonna hurt a lot. Yeah. And all the times he got shot in in Italy, I'm going, oh man, like you know what I really want. I after this i want a shot of like keanu reeves just covered in in welts and yeah. we kind of got that and i was like all right i like it yeah you know the first one was a little more like grounded you you had this it was again had this little silliness that that the continental hotel was this kind of yeah. place where assassins uh you know hung out or something like that but it still had a feeling of of groundedness like he's fighting the mob right we've seen this in ghost dog we've seen this in punisher we've seen in the second movie all of a sudden we learn that there's this super secret society that's global you know with that has markers and blood oaths and apparently everybody knows everyone yeah, everybody everybody knows john wick yeah and that, that was what i thought was really really funny especially from the second one and my i thought this my roommate pointed it out is he goes uh there's two things you learn from john wick too everybody knows john wick's face so it doesn't matter that he's some super secret stealth assassin man. And 50% of the population of New York are trained hitmen. Right. Good lord, yeah. <laughs> it's like even, I will never look at a homeless person in the New York City subway the same way ever again. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. No or or those people like on the side of the street playing music. I am going to give them a very wide berth. Yeah. I mean, I already tried to enough because there's usually kind of a, an odor. There's a smell. There's definitely a smell. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I did appreciate the fact that throughout the both movies, everyone just, you know, is like, oh, Oh, hello, Mr. Wick. Right. Everybody, everybody knows him. <laughs> I, it's I like know. the assassin's version of Cheers. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I loved uh, Franco Nero in the second one. You know, the original Django sits down and he goes, I have one question for you. Are you here for the Pope? <laughs> I loved that. That was good. That was fantastic. And then I, I, I like kind of the running rivalry he had with Common throughout the second one. They didn't really have in the first one because in the first one, it was like Willem Dafoe was acting as his guardian angel. I was expecting him to fight Willem Dafoe and I'm a little disappointed he didn't because I love Willem Dafoe going fucking crazy. I did too. I really had a feeling that like Willem Dafoe was helping him out through the first throughout the first one to like have a big climactic fight fight with Willem Dafoe. Yeah, I mean, oh, man, I'm thinking of all the great times Willem Dafoe goes nuts, like Boondock Saints. Right, and he just, he goes full Dafoe. Um, fuck, there was a Vietnam movie. A Platoon. There we go. Oh, how did I drop a blank on that one? I don't know. <laughs> and then there was, um, it's not, is it, is it Clear and Pen Present Danger or is it Patriot Games? I think he was in Patriot Games. Okay, I can't, I, I get the two, I know they're, they're both Harrison Ford, both Jack Ryan films. Right. And I get the two of them backwards. Yeah, but both of the, like all three of those, like he just go full on Dafoe. Yeah, and you know, the thing is, I really enjoyed the cast, because you had Defoe, you had you know, Theon Greyjoy, you had Keanu Reeves, you had the progressive insurance guy. This is off from the first movie. <laughs> yeah, for, yeah, the progressive insurance guy. Which, I I love the end of the movie, where he's just going, give someone give me yeah, a gun. gun. Yeah. Just, <laughs> right. He pulls, up, he pulls up like the, the center console, he's like, there's no gun in here. <laughs> he's just, right. I love that. I thought he was great. And I loved the um, Perkins. 
the brunette, she was gorgeous. Yeah, she was. And and of course, I like the fact that this movie does not pull any punches. Like Perkins can throw down with the rest of them, yep. and and she gets lit up too, just as like the rest of them. Yeah. But so again, I, I, the rest of the supporting cast though: John Leguizamo, Ian McShane. Who's just great? He's he's so he was so perfect for that role. Like that's an Ian McShane yeah. role. You know, of of the cast, the only one that really like bugged me was Alfie Allen because I just yeah. it was like I I can't feel threatened by Theon Greyjoy at this point. No, you can't. And I, you know what? I'm on board with that. It's like, ah, it's Alfie Allen. You know, he's a bitch. He, he played a bitch, which worked. Right, well, yeah, that was the only like, he's gonna get the shit beaten out of him. Yeah, yep. I, I thought that was fantastic. And then, in the second one, you know, you, of course, there's there's Common, and then there's uh, Lawrence Fishburne makes, you know, is reunited with, with uh, Keanu Reeves, and we get Franco Nero, which made me happy, and of course, Ruby Rose from... Oh, man, she was, she was something. Yeah, I, I had, this is the first time i've gotten like a look at her because i really don't watch orange is the new black no neither do I, I so like this was the first time i had really seen her and then my girlfriend was with us watching it in the second one she's like that's the chick from orange is the new black that's the girl who makes straight women gay and gay men straight <laughs> I can see it. Yep, I was told. I I refer to as the boy lady in this one because she doesn't. You don't, you don't get a name. You learn her name is Aries if you look her up on IMDb. Right, but you never hear the name. The other actually, the other one I really liked, especially other females, is uh, Claudia Gerini, played who played Gianna D'Antonio. Yeah, for for the uh, little role that she had, uh, especially just I mean, instead of letting John kill her, she cuts her own. It's like she she slits her wrists. Right. I was like, oh oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like oh oh don't do that. Even John Wick winced a little bit. He's like, uh, oh yeah. So and I, you go ahead. No, yeah, you, you go ahead because I got I got something changed a little topic here. Oh well, no, I I what I also appreciate was how you know John Wick story wise knew he was gonna get like betrayed because right. like we all knew that too because we're like well he's gonna kill her really early in the movie yep. so he's got to get betrayed that's just what happens yeah and he is prepared. No, what I was gonna say is. Uh, I want your opinion on this because we've talked about this before and it's kind of a pet peeve of yours. So about halfway through the first movie, I said, you know, so this movie would have been, would have been, I think, even cooler if it were rated R. Mm-hmm. And then I looked it up and it is rated R. Right. And this is a very soft rated R. It is. It definitely is. And I, I was just kind of your thoughts on, on that. I mean, I would love it to be like this over the top balls to the wall, like blood fest the way, you know, blood and boob fest, like the way Hardcore Henry was last year. But I'm not going to give, I'm not going to knock it that hard for it because it was still it was just done so well i don't care right like i don't think it's a bad thing no i don't i'm not gonna i guess i'm not gonna knock it too hard i mean i'd love it to be our rate like a harder r but but i I was happy with the product we got yeah i was just when when i went and looked at the rating i was just surprised it got it was an Mm r-rated because i've i mean we've seen that level of violence in a pg-13 i was just that kind of caught me off guard a little (laughs) off guard but you know i was expecting pg-13 and it was like oh that's no kidding that's r yeah i mean I mean, it, I think the second one was a little bit more of an obvious R than the first one. Yes, there were, there was uh, more of the uh, as you were compl- you you complained about previously the Sam Peckinpah like blood. Right. There was more I mean, of that. It wasn't still wasn't Sam Peckinpah, but no, it was not Sam Peckinpah level, which I love. And and of course, like we talked about when we did the Conan episode, how it's like they got the blood packets. This was obviously CG blood. It was not. Yeah. Not it was it was not like kind of hidden, but it still it still looked pretty darn cool, especially with the way. I mean, the other thing is the, the way that they handled the martial arts was so smooth and and like the interplay between gun and combat, the the traditional Japanese jujitsu, the Brazilian jujitsu, the judoka, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that just made it work. And the girl sent me a video of Keanu Reeves training like at a gun range. Like he did about ninety percent of his own stunts. I can believe in, it. In that man's movies. actually fairly impressive. Yeah, as far as like an action 
action hero. He's he's him and Cruz are really they really do it. You yeah. know, I, I'm almost certain the only thing he didn't do was actually drive the cars. Like I felt like that was probably stuntman with Keanu head pasted on top of him. Yeah, you know, I'll be I'll be honest. I mean, I, I have been harsh on Keanu's acting skills in the past for good reason. Right. This didn't bug me. No, I, probably because he only had 30 lines between two films. Yeah, but I mean, even that, like, <laughs> he just in general, it it didn't bug me. Mm-hmm. It wasn't kind of the 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 brainless whoa kind of shit right, that yeah. we've gotten in the past like you know it it, it felt a lot more well, heartfelt is the right word but sincere maybe yeah, i think i think what you're detecting is that keanu really had his heart in making the these movies yeah like he was really he was down to clown for the for these movies and it was he was not phoning it in no not at all yeah was, i mean these are these are a, just a lot of fun yeah because it's funny because i remember you know, so john wick the first one came out in 2014 a year before that was 47 ronin which oh god y'all know was a train wreck i ripped that so i actually wrote a review of that one early on in the in therefore geeks history i yeah. ripped it a new one and i'm pretty sure it's the only movie we've ever given zero stars to yeah i think it's it, it torn into like with that level of ferocity yeah well I'm, I'm i'm certain we haven't written reviews for suicide squad but i'm certain one of the three of us has have pretty much saw that as a zero star movie yeah that, that's probably true so what did you think uh, so I'm, I'm curious have you seen a budget for John Wick 2. For the second one? Yeah, I'm looking at Box Office Mojo. The first one blew my mind was only 20 million. Right. I Uh, see that also. I'm seeing uh, IMDb has the estimate at 40 million. Okay. I was just kind of curious because, I mean, so so far it's been out two weeks and it's at almost 60 million for for the box for the domestic gross. Yeah, I have 58.6. Yep. You probably have something close to that. Yeah, it's it's what I've got as well. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty impressive. I mean, the the 20 million for the first one, they they pulled down 40 million gross, 40 million domestic and like 42 international mm-hmm. i mean these are doing well but like i just had a hard time believing they did all everything they did on on 20 million dollars in that first one yeah but we've talked about this before and i when mel gibson made heartbreak ridge he he had done an interview where he was like you don't need to make these movies 180 190 200 million dollar movies you can make quality action films for 50 40 50 million dollars in john wick's case 20 well, and, and, so, and that's—I mean—that's what. So John Wick Two does not surprise me for at forty million, especially sure. with the international locations. I knew the budget was going to go up significantly compared to the first one. Of course. But I was expecting forty million for the first one, like a solid, mm-hmm. you know, on, the, on that one, and and twenty million just surprised the hell out of me. Yeah, and I think that goes to show you that you can get give yourself a really quality action film with good stunts, good effects, you know, uh, again, a fun story that you that doesn't have to be convoluted or pretentious for you know. you know 20 million and make your money back and i would and be r-rated as you pointed out yeah but for whatever reason like it just seems like we're just not getting those type of movies these days and you just wish studios would learn the lesson of of john wick much the way you know we hope that logan has learned the lesson of deadpool you know you learn the lesson of john wick or learn the lesson of ghostbusters that you know that would have been a huge hit had they not gone so over budget with it yeah rather than you know losing 70 million at least according to one Hollywood Reporter uh, article. So what do you think about the fact that they're going for a John Wick Chapter 3? Okay, so I'm, I know you mentioned this earlier and I want to punt on this one. I'm okay with it because I'm enjoying this franchise, but, you know, that that ending sequence, <laughs> spoiler alert, right, where, where he shoots the dude in the head in the Continental, you're sitting there going, there's no good reason for him to do that other than a sequel. A sequel. Yeah. Like, I'm certain you felt that the second it happened, because I, I think I did too. I mean, I, I felt, as soon as he walked into the, con- like, into 
into the lounge at the Continental, I felt that was coming. In terms of, I felt we're going to end up in a sequel one way or another. Either he's going sure. to have to wait this dude out, or right. he's going to kill him and we're going to deal with the repercussions. Right. And, yeah, I'm enjoying the the, the franchise. I just, it goes back to the, the discussion of, I don't understand why everything has to be a franchise anymore. Yeah, and, and again, it's just one of those, it's money. That's really it. Every, every studio wants to do the Disney thing and have these franchises that they can just bankroll, you know, hardcore on. I mean, we've talked about this on previous podcasts. 2016, Disney turned a profit of $7 billion on their movies alone. Yeah. That's gi- that's gigantic. And we've talked about how Sony has been desperate for a franchise trying to, with the Ghostbusters, and with now, at, at some point, we're going to get Men in Black fused with 21 Jump Street. Like, that's coming. I, I And I understand your frustration, but I just think that's the way the market is striped right now. Yeah. You know, it's just who, keep keep taking people's money so long as they're going to give it to you. Yeah. I mean, just, just as a good example, uh, we've had three Taken movies and I don't know if you saw this before you're showing a John Wick. They were showing previews for a Taken TV show. No, I didn't see that. Yeah, I mean, that's where we're at. So I think for the most part, I think mo- or most of the trailers I'd already seen yeah, beforehand. Yeah, me too. I had not seen the trailer for Kong Skull Island. Really? You hadn't seen that one yet? I hadn't seen that one yet, and so I saw that we, one today. We didn't get that one, but that is a... I'm, a, I'm on board with that one. I really don't care. I'm that on board like... with, like, 90% of it. Right. I, I'm on the fence about John C. Riley. Oh, yeah, I like him, though. I think he's going to add... I think he's a talented enough actor. I think he'll bring enough brevity to that movie that yeah. you won't... Yeah, I do. I think okay. he, he, he's good enough. He's good. He's talented enough, because he's got very good range. Okay. In my, in my opinion. This is a guy who's done Gangs of New York and Step Brothers, so... I True. Think, I, I think he's got range. Uh, and I could be completely wrong. It could totally suck. Because like we just talked about, they're setting this one up for a franchise with Godzilla. Yep. You know, it's going to be the Kong Skull Island, and then he's we're going to get King Kong versus Godzilla down the road. Yeah. I think so. other trailers, I, I think pretty much everything else I'd already seen. Yeah, I, I, I didn't get any surprises. But yeah, so I think for folks who have not seen the John Wick series, please see it. Because I think I, I want more people to see these kinds of action movies because these are just fun action movies in the style of those Hong Kong movies from the from the 90s and and those early kind of serious American action films from the early aughts that we just need more of. Yeah, you know, I mean, enough. You know, the more you, the more people who go see them, the more people, the more they'll make. Right, and apparently John Wick has already been remade as something else that I have not seen called like In the Valley of Violence with like Ewan McGregor and John Travolta. Huh. Hadn't seen it. I just just I was I was scrolling through the trivia just to see if there was anything interested in that and interesting on the two films and and I I found that one I was like well I had not even heard of that it came out like last year oh here's something I do want to get your opinion on I don't know if you saw it and I don't even, I don't remember if we've talked about it but the Alien Covenant trailer we got the Red Band Alien Covenant trailer before John Wick two did you get that I did not I have seen it though are you are you on board with that because I'm not even though I love Michael Fassbender um yes and no I think I mean we'll see if they can get alien right you know they really have not been able to get alien right since aliens with uh the second the second film sure i think there's a potential here i mean ridley scott's involved and mm-hmm. they're going back to the kind of the horror roots mm-hmm. i'm curious how how horror they're gonna go i mean one of the beautiful things about the first alien film is that is that it is a horror film that you don't see much of anything so they play on your fear and paranoia hmm. and i feel like this film instead of doing that is going to show you much more and almost be like a 
space slasher kind of, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, I do. But, you know, like you're saying, are they going to get Alien right? What more can we do with this franchise that hasn't already been done well enough? You know, I, I feel like you're, the first and second ones are fine. We'd just be retreading old ground. And we've seen that 3-4 and Prometheus just didn't deliver. Well, no, and so I don't necessarily think they should be doing more Alien. Right. I'm, I think you, okay. But my, wants, my point is, if what you about it, that. they're going to, they're doing it. So yeah. my hope at this point is do it right. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing with this John Wick thing is we're going to, we're going deeper and deeper into this kind of weird secret society, the secret mythos that the yeah. franchise is setting up for us. And that's why I think John Wick 2, for all, you know, for all the fun we had, I mean, it is kind of silly that you've got professional homeless people that go out on the street for a couple hours a day and know are, are heavily armed and know all sorts of kung fu it's like okay right I, I mean i can believe half of that i can believe the professional homeless person yeah there's, there's that yeah because we've met those people yes we have but I am usually at Starbucks about an hour after we gave him a buck. Yep. <laughs> Ooh, reference to previous podcast stories. All right. So what have you been into this week? Okay. So I have a copy of Glengarry Glenn Ross that I need to rewatch. Um, I'm excited about that. That's the one that's got coffee is for closers, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've so, just been meaning to sit down and watch that. Just g give it another watch for a long time. So, so have you seen the the trailer for Boss Baby? Yes. Cookies, Cookies are, are for closers. closers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Alec Baldwin. But Cookie. The cookie down. <laughs> Cookies are for closers only. Yeah, I saw that. There's also an SNL bit where he's like a, the chief elf at Santa's shop. He's like, ABC is always be clobbing. And he's like, put the candy cane down. Nice. It's, a, it's, it's something. Yeah, so I, we got that. We put on Spartacus, the TV show. Yeah. And my God, it is fantastic. Uh, it, it not, anyway, Tracy is not with us, but she talked about how she loves it, her trashy, like, true blood. Yeah. Uh, Spartacus is absolutely trashy. But it is, it is great. Like this is it, your version it, of True Blood? Yeah, it really is. Because it's like, it's way more like explicit than True Blood, I think. I haven't watched True Blood, but I just feel like this movie, this show is really hard to top with the, the, the male, female nudity and the blood and the, you know, over the top Zack Snyder style 300-esque fighting sequences in the arena and the heavy duty CGI. It's, it's something, but like, I, I can't say that I, I, I can't keep my eyes off it. You know, it's just, it's, we're watching watching the first season i think i'm six episodes into the first season and i really just enjoyed the the over the topness of, of this and, and look you get to see xena warrior princess's boobs um that really makes it worth it for me nice like lucy laws is in this it, lucy lawless is in this wow try say that a few times and uh she is topless frequently enough to keep me watching nice and uh, it, and she's a redhead most of the time and it's awesome what, and what else um dude is incapable of thought now no yeah right uh i just bought a book i I got this book. It was um, this book called Wealth, Poverty, and Politics by Thomas Sowell. I've been watching just a bunch of his YouTube videos, and and I had like a 30% off coupon from Barnes Noble, and I picked that up. And then it's like the enlarged version, and uh, they weren't kidding because like I compared it to another copy from like the first edition that was on the bookshelf next to it, and I was like, Jesus, this the, like 130 pages are just footnotes and index. Wow. And I was like, Whoa, that's longer than Animal Farm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that that's. Really that's been, that was a bit about it. Yeah, nice. Uh, let's see. So uh, Becky and I have been watched like rewatching Archer because there was parts of season six that I ne I never saw towards mm -hmm. the end. Um, and then Becky, as of today, started watching Gotham. So I watched a couple episodes with her. Yeah, we actually restarted um, Archer 
I can't remember where. I'm so out of sequence with it. I think it's season six. Do they is in season six where they like rebuild ISIS or, or they sell it to the CIA and like Pam and Cheryl like make it look futuristic, but it's just a hologram. Yeah, it's actually just the same thing. Yep, that's season six. Yeah, I, I started that. Also, I finished. Um, I just remembered. I forgot to mention this last time. Season six of Venture Brothers. You mentioned that last time. Did I mention that last time? Yeah. I, I don't remember if I did, but yeah, if you haven't seen that, check it out. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah, I went back and started started rewatching Venture Brothers like from the beginning, mm. and I was like, oh man, I forgot how good some of these early episodes are. Yeah, but you know what's also really interesting? The change in the quality of animation is startling. Yeah. No, no, that I knew. Like that, it was. We were watching it a couple months ago with some friends of ours, and he kept pointing out just how matted and bland and not moving the backgrounds were to season one. And yeah. like, if you look at it, like, wow, he's right. Well, I mean, if you look at just in the general production quality of uh, Adult Swim at that time, it was pretty low. Of course, yes. And it, it has since just, you know, gone through the roof of some of these shows that have blown up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just Venture Brothers season six is just fantastic. Just There's like a Wonder Woman type character that every time she puts like her lasso on people, they tell the truth. But like they just shout their deepest, darkest sexual desires. Nice. And she does it to Brock. And it's just amazing. <laughs> it's, it's so good. Oh, I'll have to check that out. Super worth it. Yeah, I don't. I can't think. I mean, I said we were doing that. John Wick. I feel like there was. I did more this week, and I just can't remember any of it. There was definitely John some, Wick was that damn good. There was definitely some. Catch, there was definitely some catching up on sleep this week. Oh I don't, yeah. Like I had, I did not sleep very well a couple nights this week, and so it was just like oh nine o'clock. <sighs> Oh, totally here's something out. you got to check out. Star Wars Risk. Uh, last week, um, Baruch showed it to me. Yeah. And it, don't don't be scared because it's nothing like Risk in the traditional sense. It's not a map and you don't move armies around and conquer shit. Good, because I'm not very real, good at that. No, that's Star, Wars, <laughs> that's Star Wars Rebellion from Fantasy Flights. On a side note, you'll be interested to know that Fantasy Flights and Games Workshop have broken off their agreement. I had, they, I had seen that. Yeah, because fuck Games Workshop. And so what this risk is, it's a it's a remake of kind of a game called uh, The Queen's Gambit, Star Wars The Queen's Gambit. And all it is is a game built around the Battle of Endor. And there's like three simultaneous things going on at once, and it's card-driven. Hmm. So like on one end of the board, and the board is shaped like Darth Vader, the silhouette of Darth Vader's TIE fighter. And on one end of the board is the rebels knocking out the shield generator. In the center of the board is the battle over the moon of Endor. And then the third battle is Luke versus Darth Vader. Nice. And it's very, very simple. And you can play in it's, it's It truly comes alive when you play two player you can do four player but it's weird but baruch had been like talking it up like crazy for two weeks and he sets it up and we got it we nailed it in like first time playing through it we nailed it in 40 minutes nice it, it's really something I, I would suggest you take a look at if you like star wars and you like kind of strategy games but you're not they shouldn't have called it star wars risk i don't know why they did that. i think it's actually hurting it in terms of sales yeah but it's nothing it's really neat i'm thinking of picking up myself because it's something two people can do really easily actually i, did, I just discovered there are two expansions to star realms i didn't know were out other than colony wars or or you talk about like the mini bases i'm talking about oh, the, the mini, mini expansions there was it was like because there's the gambits right. there's now a cosmic gambits oh okay and there was another one uh kind of like the the, the four-part crisis one right there's another one like that that's that's also four parts oh yeah i'm out of the loop on that one too yeah i was like what the hell oh, I, need to, <laughs> I need to get this you get this star realms awesome oh so good all right 
All right, folks, if you like what we do, make sure you head on over to therefarageek.com. Check out our blog posts and our podcast. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can find this podcast and other podcasts like it on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Stitcher. <laughs> so once again, I'm Andrew. I'm Duder. And you've been listening to Therefar A Geek. Bye.